Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Hey, Joe, how are you? Hey, Eddie, how's it going? Everything's pretty good. How about you? Ah, you know, not too bad. Just hanging in there with everything going on. Yeah, this is now our second uh, podcast. Uh, the first one looks like to be pretty successful. Uh, there's quite a few hits on it. So what do we got to discuss today, Joe? Well, there's there's definitely some huge news going on in the uh, the comic book world with the uh, the layoffs at, at DC Comics. And they're, they're looking at it. Kind of looks like they're looking to restructure their entire um, the entire way that they do comic books, going more towards a um, more towards digital, while only keeping some of their major titles. Like I, I heard, you know, Batman's going to be their their number one title that they're going to really push, followed by Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Aquaman. You know, all these characters that pretty much have a, a TV show to fall back on or a movie to fall back on. So it's a, a huge shakeup. And I, I know between DC Comics and HBO, which is all under, there's about 800 people that got you know fired this, this past week. So some pretty big news going on. Uh, yeah, I read something uh, about the DC this morning, and it said something like they laid off a total of uh, 600 people. And I think some of the people in the in the DC universe there were kind of upset that they took out a lot of the creators of, of, of a lot of the storylines, you know? So it makes it harder because now they have to do more than they did before. Um, what I find very interesting about that is why they would actually lay off that many people um, with the... Now, am I correct in saying that... The, uh, DC was bought out by uh, Disney. Is that correct? Can... No, that was that was Marvel that was bought out by Disney. Yeah, but um, wasn't DC also in the in the works of being bought out by Disney as well? Yeah, I, I don't know if there was something a few years back where where Disney was looking at them as well. But no, uh, Warner Brothers still has control over the DC universe, and and like you said, there were six hundred and fifty layoffs. Just from DC Comics alone, the rest were were from their affiliate HBO. So it's definitely a huge shakeup. You got to kind of wonder, you know, if Disney did get a hold of DC, would would this have happened, or would the company well, expanded a little bit more? Well, you you have you have me thinking now when you said that because if I'm correct, Warner Brothers is part of Disney. See, I yeah, have... I, I would have to look. Um, I'm not... You know, I'm at my computer right now. And I could definitely take a look and and see. I know Warner Brothers is is a, their own huge company. Um, yeah. From what it looks like is that they uh, they're their own company, Warner Brothers, and then they have Warner Brothers Pictures, and then uh, you know they were formerly Warner Brothers Inc. So yeah, they're they're their own company, and I, what... I guess it's because of all this COVID stuff and everything that they're they're not doing too good. But I, I kind of think, too, that they're I, I don't know if it's because of all this, you know, you know, COVID stuff that's going on, but they're looking to put more into their their digital lineup than an actual print lineup. 
Well, you see, what, what's been happening right now is you have, because of the amount of people that are staying home and all this thing with the COVID, they, a lot of people think that it's, or, or should I say that there's going to be a lot of people watching. So they might be thinking that it'd be the way to go. Instead of having people physically buy a comic book and stuff, they can read it online. But there's, there's one problem, a major drawback in that. A while back when they were trying to, uh, you know, create uh, when let's say let's go back in the early 2000s when ebooks were uh, started to go out in the public, and they said it was the wave of the future, and they started coming out with this uh, e-readers, and and to be honest with you, it never caught on. Even to this day, the print book is still stronger than the actual uh, e-books, and because of that, um, we you know. I don't, I don't really know how people, because here, here's an example. If you take, and I don't care if you have the paper white, Amazon paper white, or whatever you take. If you take at any given time a book, an ebook, and you start reading it, it's going to get to the point where it's going to be like your eyes hurt, you get tired. It's not the same as reading a physical book. Absolutely. And for that reason, I, I don't. I don't know if that's the right move, to be honest with you. Um, but then again, you know, but I could have sworn, and, and the more I think about it, I, I do know as a fact, because when you go over to Disney World and stuff, there is a big, there's like the Warner Brothers, there's a Warner Brothers Studios, Warner Brothers, you know, they have things there. And that's only mostly owned by Disney, or they have a stake in it. Um, I know that with, uh, you know, Disney, Bought out many years ago, Harvey Publications, which published Casper, Richie Rich, um, you know, all those famous uh, Felix, you know, not, I don't know, if, not Felix the Cat, there was another company altogether, but they published, what I'm saying is little by little, they got rid of Casper. Um, you hardly see Casper anymore because they're trying to, of course, make, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Disney or Mickey Mouse has stronger uh, Canada, I guess, for the right for the media. But um, why well, I, I could definitely see because Warner Media, you know, they own all, all of that Warner Brothers and, and DC. So if they're not doing well, I could definitely see them, you know, lo- looking out to try to to sell DC, and it would definitely, uh, I, I think it would definitely be a good move if if D if. DC went to Disney now you know especially for Disney because then they would control both of the the two superpowers you know to say of of the comic book world DC comics and Marvel comics and they would just be a kind of an unstoppable powerhouse you know in in the comic book and in the the movie realm because as you've seen over the years the DC movies that have come on haven't been really successful especially when you compare them to the Marvel movies However, DC's comic books have been a little bit better than the Marvel comic books. And I guess that's a point you can argue to to no end. But if Disney was somehow able to acquire both, I mean, they would they would be unstoppable. And we might even see some good DC movies finally, you know, hit the theaters. Well, the thing is that... um... You know, the whole thing, see, basically DC, what makes DC so powerful, it has Superman, it has Batman, it has, you know, a lot of the famous heroes. But then, you know, the uh, Marvel has Hulk, Spider-Man, Thor, 
So you know what I'm saying? It's both. It's always been a competing thing, but of course, I think Superman has always been one of the most popular among most people. Um, I mean, it, he was my favorite as a kid. You know, in fact, he's so popular. It's actually a museum. My, my brother, who's a big time, big time Superman collector. In fact, he's got two storage units filled with Superman figures and Superman stuff. He sent me a photograph of an entire building that's a Superman museum. So, you know, that I think is one of the main characters that, that Disney um, is not Disney. I'm sorry, the DC is actually always going to try to promote, you know, it'll be one of the strongest, uh, even Babin, like you said, but I, I could see Superman being a bigger. Now, the, the only thing I could say about Superman, though, is that let's be honest. Every single Superman film out there that has come from the first one, which was not bad. I, I loved the first one uh, with Christopher Reeves way back in the day. But the thing that I thought just was a little bit too far-fetched is in the end where Lewis Lane gets killed by the car accident I think she was in. And then he starts spinning the earth the opposite way <laughs> by flying real fast around it. That kind of, I think, destroyed the movie for me. Yeah, that was one of the the parts of the man I loved the movie but I just I didn't understand that I you know okay he he went back and I'm sorry he he started flying around the world and and turned it the opposite direction and somehow it you know reversed it went back time. in time I, yeah yeah that I, that kind of that kind of lost me in the movie but you know even over the the years and even the the more contemporary superman movies some of those have lost me too you know they've Superman, in my eyes, always stood for truth, justice, and the American way. And he was always like this beacon of light whenever something was dark. And these more contemporary Superman movies kind of held him in a darker light, you know, kind of how what they did to Batman, you know, after the uh, the TV show in the 60s, you know, Batman went, you know, completely 180 and just became this dark brooding character well it almost seems like they're doing that with superman where they're making him this this darker character you know if you look at the movies they've changed up his costume they've made his costume darker they took the s off the cave got rid of the curl so you had this you know hometown boy you know farm boy and they've completely revamped him into almost like this darker character and i i I don't like the way that that goes some people like that, but that, that's just definitely not for me. Um, I agree with you. They, they've changed the character. But, but you know what, though? Even when they've tried, I think, in modern day, because, you know, we had three Supermans under Christopher Reeves, and the next two were, you know, okay. But you know what? It it, it was not... My favorite film is, is kind of in the sense, if you look at the 1960s with George Reeves, the other Reeves, the original Superman. Um, oh, original to us. There was one before him, but he, he was horrible, man. I mean, if you see some of those Supermen, when he's flying, you could see a little stick with a, with a Superman going over the right. clouds. <laughs> it is so retarded. It, it's crazy. But, uh, you know, George Reeves, when you look at that, those Superman films, they're very realistic in where it's kind of like for an adult audience. It's not really meant for young kids, you know? It's It's actually meant for kids, but it played out to both genres. And and I think I grew up watching that Superman and that's always what I expected Superman to be like. Okay, so now 
they come in, Christopher Reeves does the first one. It was really cool. Like when he walks into that restaurant and there's two guys bullying him and he punches the guy, you know, and, and then, you know, he's, he's Superman. So obviously, you know, that was a cool part. I like that part. The only thing, like I said, that killed the film is when he turns the earth at the end of the film. Now, right. the next two films are okay, not that great. Then they come out and do another two or three films of Superman. And the last one I think was called The Man of Steel. That movie in particularly, I'll tell you what made me think, hey, you know, this my, my son swears that it's the best film he's ever seen. But when you have a man like Superman punch an individual and he goes between, he goes into like two or three cars and into the wall and flies across the building, I think that's a little too far, you know? Like, it should be, you know, Superman is strong. He punches somebody, hits a wall, and it stays there. It's not like he goes through the building, you know? And Well, yeah, here's the thing. If Superman punches somebody that hard that he does all that, the guy's going to be crushed, you know? I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I think the the movie to me was a piece of junk. I, I didn't like it at all. And But I'm going to tell you it was kind of interesting, though, with the better, because Superman is the best character, right? I mean, for DC. Batman. When when they started doing the Batman films, I got to be honest with you. There's not any Batman film out there that you could say it's horrible. And when they did like the Dark Knight series, those films were phenomenal, man. I mean, Batman Begins. Uh, I, I love Christian Bale. He's He's got that voice, whatever. So I think having seen him, especially when he did that movie... Um, I forgot the name of that movie. The Magician or something that... Um, Oh gosh, I have it in the tip of my tongue. I forgot. You know what movie I'm talking about? That he plays a magician. He's got a twin brother. No, I've never seen that. It's it's very very good. I think it's called The Illusionist or something like that. I I forgot the name of it right now. But Christian Bale to me is the perfect Batman character. I didn't like the other Batmans. I mean, they were okay. I liked them all to be honest with you. But I think Christian Bale played the best. The point is. It's one of those films that when you look at the whole thing, you go, damn, you know, the film is better than I thought. When the first Hulk came out, a good example, man, that film was so bad. And, you know, I'm a guy that I grew up, I, I, I my favorite character was Superman, followed by Batman, of course. But then I always liked Spider-Man and the Hulk, you know, and I kind of really liked the Hulk a lot. So when the movie came out, I was anxious to go see it. The movie was so bad that I said to myself, why in the world would I sit two and a half hours in this film? The second part comes out. I was reluctant to go. I'm like, I'm not going to go. This movie's going to suck like the first one. It's a horrible film. And then I, I bought a cereal. I forgot what cereal was. I think it was um, Cheerios or something. It had two free movie tickets inside the box. I actually went to see The Hulk. I got to tell you, I actually stayed to watch the film twice. <laughs> twice. Now, of course, the girl, Mick Jiggers, uh, I think Mick Jagger's uh, daughter was the one that played the, uh, I, whatever. But I stayed, <laughs> I fell in love with the character, of course. The girl just like, you know, she was really hot for the film. But I got to tell you the honest truth, though. Overall, the second Hulk, I think, justified the failure of the first. Um, <clears throat> movies that have come out that, like, for example, when King Kong, how many movies of King Kong can come out? Uh, a million, they all, you know, the same thing, same same storyline. So you're like, ah, I already saw it. I was reluctant to go see King Kong when it came out. The second, the last one they did. 
I stayed twice in the film too. It was such an awesome film. So well written. They blew my mind. And the only King Kong that I, I guess I, I have mixed reviews on is the, the 2005 one by Peter Jackson. You know, it was close to three hours long. That's the, the first, one. Yeah. And the first two hours were just like, what the heck's going on? It was just so dragged out that the last hour was, you know, full of action. And it was, it was a good, I mean, overall it was a good film. It was just, you know, the first, first two hours just dragged. Now the one that they did a few years ago, I I thought was really good. And they, they started doing like their shared universe of, of King Kong with Godzilla. I, I really liked I really like those, you know, movies and the idea of it. I thought they've been really well done. The CGI's look pretty good. So I'm interested to see, you know, how they're going to be going with that. And I believe that last one was, was in uh, 2018. I, I believe so. Cause I mean, it was, I mean, I loved that particular one, but what I was going to say though, is the Godzilla though, there was a Godzilla that came out that they had changed the way Godzilla looked. Eh, that was okay. You know, it wasn't the new Godzilla was a little better, but it didn't blow my mind as what a good film, you know. Um it's the same way. I mean, my all-time favorite film has got to be Pirates of the Caribbean. And I'll tell you why. There's no person better than Johnny Depp to play that part. And the guy who plays Captain Barbosa, I forgot his name, he killed it. I mean, that's the best pirate film ever that I've seen. Now, here's what I like about it, which I think a lot of guys will probably feel the same way as me, and I'm sure you probably do too. We love anything to do with the sea. The sea is foreboding. It's scary. It has a sense of mystery, a sense of wonder. So when you put in pirate treasure, pirate maps, especially growing up in the 70s, where that was such a popular thing, seeking for buried treasure. And and you put together a film that has the pirates, the treasure, the skeletons, okay, the walking dead there. I mean, honestly, the first part of that film, I can watch it 20 times and still love it. The second and third were not, I mean, there was one that's kind of like a cliffhanger where you're like, what happened? But I got to tell you, though, the whole series for me, even the ones that were not as good as the first, even the last one they did, I, I loved it. It's such a phenomenal thing that I actually bought each one that came out. I bought three copies of the film. Okay? That's that's what, how much that I love that film. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. But here's another film a lot of people say, well, well. But I got to tell you the truth, though. Johnny Depp. Not Johnny Depp. Um this guy that did Ghost Rider. Um, he did, oh, Nicolas Cage? And yeah, Nicolas Cage. I think, <laughs> I don't know if it was the music in it, I don't know what, but I, I really enjoy the first Ghost Rider, man. I thought I thought the first Ghost Rider was a, a decent popcorn movie. Now, that, now I have to tell you a funny, I have to tell you a funny story about the second movie, because I, I don't know if you like the second movie or not. Or if you've even seen, it, I I have Ghost them. Rider. I have them. I gotta admit, though, I do like both films. I, I... Okay, well, let me tell you the story about the second Ghost Rider. So, Ghost Ghost Rider, 
one of my favorite Marvel characters. You know, when I started really collecting comic books in the 90s, I really got into Ghost Rider, the whole Midnight Suns books and all of that because, you know, it had the horror aspect to it. So, you know, right up my alley, you know, I, I loved all the characters. I loved the artwork, the books. So anyways, Ghost Rider movie. I'm like, man, this is going to be good. Like the first one, you know, like I said, good popcorn movie. The second one, I must have, it must have took me four hours to watch the hour and a half, two hour movie because I kept pausing it and have to take a break because I was just so frustrated with it. I, I, I absolutely hated it. So I, I but I said, you know what? I, I bought the DVD. I'm going to try to trudge through it and make it to the end and, you know, I kind of wish that I, I could have got that hour and a half, two hours back in my life. But, you know, it is what it is. So anyway, so I was a few weeks later, I was playing some uh, Dungeons and Dragons with some friends of mine. And we were talking about the movie. And the one guy goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, uh, you know, I, I've been wanting to watch the movie. I said, you know what? I said, I have the DVD. I said, I was actually going to take it to my backyard and either set it on fire or shoot it because I hated it so much. I said, but I'll, I'll, get, I'll bring it over, you know, next time we meet up. So I brought it over to him. He watched it. And right after that, he he gives me a call. He goes, hey, he goes, do you want this back, man? He goes, this was a horrible movie. He goes, I don't even want it in my house. I said, I don't want it. I said, it's yours now. You do whatever you want with it. And he ended up throwing it in a in his fire pit in the backyard and burnt it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I was so upset with, I, I just, Oh, I, I was so frustrated with it. I, I just, w- one of my top five movies that I, that I absolutely hate. Was the ghost rider too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One of, one of my top five that I absolutely hate. I, I got a bit, uh, I, maybe it's the fact that I like Nicholas Cage as an actor. I like the Ghost Rider thing, and the second one, you know, it was it was okay. I I enjoyed it the same way. But I, I got to tell you though, um, there has been some films. I, I remember that I went to see one time in the movie theater, and I was never so pissed off from watching that movie that um, uh, these two comedians. I forgot what it was. I don't know if it was called Wayne's World or something like that. It wasn't Wayne's World. It was like, I, I forgot the name of the film, but it was horrible, man. And I'm like, wow, there's nothing worse than when you go to see a movie. And, and you know, and then you're like, why did I even spend the money? Especially when they you pay $15 to get into a movie theater. You right. Know? Um, yeah, 15 bucks plus all the popcorn and candy. Yeah, and, yeah. You spend like $30, pop. $40 for a piece of junk. And you're like, what the heck? But you know what? <clears throat> One of the... I remember, this is kind of funny, it's a story now that you're talking about bad films. I went, When I went to see that movie, which I forgot right now if it's called Ron, Wayne's World. It wasn't Wayne's World. It was something else. There was two actors, kind of like goofy. One had long hair, the other one. It was way back in the late 90s, I mean, early 2000s. <clears throat> it's when the same time the movie My Cousin Vinny came out, which I had no idea that Fred uh, Gwynn was in it. And uh, I was so pissed off at watching the film that I forced my kid to go and sneak into another movie. Cause I wanted to get my money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> That's how pissed off I was. And I went to see my cousin Vinny. I had no idea what it was. That was a hell of a film, man. That was, a I, I have, I have to admit, I, I don't think I've ever watched my cousin Vinny. I, I've seen, bits and pieces of it but i i never no, watched the whole movie from you, beginning to end you gotta watch it man that that's a good film it was hilarious i mean 
uh, Fred Quinn played the judge, and every time uh, Joe Pesci would say something, so excuse me, uh, how did you pronounce that? <laughs> <laughs> and he would let me tell you that was such a good film. You if you watch it, you're gonna enjoy it a lot. Now, one of my all time favorite films. I'll tell you what they are. I told you already. My favorite is the Pirates of the Caribbean. My second, I would say, has to be probably National Treasure, the first part. Oh, I love, yeah, I, I love both. Yeah, I love both National Treasure movies. Yeah. I, I thought those were awesome. Yeah, I, I was going to say the second part, I loved it too, because they had all these things you could play in the DVD machine, like additional footage and stuff, um, which I also. Now tell me, does, the, doesn't the. Don't those movies make you want to, you know, go out and just start, you know, that's <laughs> finding the, treasure and well, looking for secrets and all that? <laughs> well, that's what I was trying to tell you, that that's kind of like what old guys feel like. Um, I've noticed one thing about guys. Okay, They like horror. They like earth globes. Well, whatever reason, every time I pass next to an earth globe or a telescope, I feel like buying it, even though I'm never going to use it. But it attracts guys. And somebody said to me one time, this girl told me, she goes, I don't know what it is that every time my husband's on passing, I, I say, I don't know what it is either. But every time I see an earth globe, I want to buy it just for the hell of it, you know? <laughs> and, and and it's kind of like, it just attracts man, you know? And treasure, pirates. When I go to Florida, I love going to St. Augustine because St. Augustine is the perfect place for somebody like me and you. It has a pirate treasure I mean, it has a pirate museum. It's got the original, one of the only flags they ever found out or they found of an actual pirate ship. It's a, a real flag. I think there's two surviving in the entire world. One of them is in St. Augustine. And it so happened, this is an interesting story since we're talking about that. But before I even get into that topic, I'm going to finish the film topic. The other film that I thought was super cool that I like was uh, Batman Begins. Uh, I think it was a the last, the first and the last part. I'm not a fan of the Dark Knight. Don't ask me why. I just thought it was not about Batman. It was all about the Joker, all about this, and I didn't like the film. Um, my son says I'm crazy. Whatever. I, even <laughs> went, for, I went for opening night. I hate the film. Um, but you know, uh, another film I was thinking there that I really kind of enjoyed a lot. Uh, was either no national treasure, like I mentioned that, but right now it just kind of slipped off my head, which is the other film I was going to mention. But anyway, here, here's a, a funny story about the treasure thing. A while back, a couple of years ago, I would say probably close to seven or eight years ago, maybe a little longer than that, there was a, those things they call the pirate uh, treasure, they call it uh, pieces of eight, I think it is, or eight pieces of eight, whatever it is. That's supposed to be a coin found in a famous ship that was discovered called the Antocha. If you remember that ship, it happened in, in 2000 and something. And in the middle of the night, they went into where the thing was and they recovered over $1 billion in gold. Oh, wow. Okay, and and, it, and you can see it in the National Geographic channel. You can watch. Well, anyway, one day I go into this store. Uh, it's kind of like a Goodwill store that sells used things. And I see a piece supposedly of this coin from this ship that they were selling. And the asking price was 
$298. So now I was like, wow, I go to my wife, if that is real, I, I really like to buy it. Now, this store has on occasions, they have uh, this special where you get like 50% off on certain days of the month. And I waited and I'm like, man, if, if I wait, they're going to, it's going to sell out. So I got the money and I did some research before I went and bought it. And I realized in one of the Google searches, I found the name of an individual selling coins from that uh, ship, you know, from that sunken ship they found. And I forgot his name now. I, I have him on my phone somewhere, but anyway, the guy, when he was young, he was like 19 years old. He was one of the divers. And I was able to call him on the phone. And I spoke to him. And I explained to him what it was that I wanted to buy. And believe it or not, he goes to me, it's a fake. They've been selling fakes. Do not, um, don't buy it. He says, I can sell you one for like $75. I have a bunch. I'm the only one authorized to sell, you know, other than the guy who found the treasure. The The situation is that when, um, and the reason I told you that story is because I kind of made friends with the guy. Now, it's funny, I haven't talked to him in about a year and a half now, almost a year. Um, and I was kind of looking on my phone here to see if I can uh, remember the uh, the name. But anyway, uh, I think his name was Tony, if I'm correct. I go to Florida with my son and daughter, and we go to St. Augustine, and I walk into the treasure uh, museum they have there, the Pirate Museum. And one of the things that I notice is some of the gold from the Antocha. It's an untouched, it's a Spanish name, is the untouched, A-N-T-C-H-O-A, which is like, that's the name of the ship anyway. So I go there and I see the name of the guy who I know. I called him up and I'm like, hey, I see you have your stuff in here. He goes, oh yeah, I display most of my stuff in that museum. And it was kind of cool because I, I hit it on with the manager and you know, here we are, we're discussing, and, and I told him, I know the guy who you guys displayed the treasure here, and it, it was perfect for me because I got to go <laughs> in the back, I got to take photos of all the stuff they had, like, up close, I was able to, like, you know, learn the history, I was blown away, it was one of the best vacations I ever had, and the funny thing about this vacation is that it was only four days, but I... Let me tell you something. One thing about St. Augustine is that it has everything a person wants. It's got the treasure stuff. It's got the history of pirates. It has the only real castle in North America. Okay, that's the only real castle in North America. And you can go to all this stuff, and, and it's really cheap. And not this time when I went, I didn't go. But a couple of years ago, because I've been there about five or six times, this time, they have done so much cleaning up of that town and rebuilding that I promised myself I need to get a house there for retirement. It's it's the best place in the entire United States. When people go to visit, they go to Daytona Beach, they go to Fort Lauderdale, they go to Miami, and everybody skips it because it's right on the north tip of Florida. It's like about 50 miles south of Jacksonville. And it's a small town. I would say it's about a square mile, two square miles. But it, it's it's gorgeous. It's a beautiful town where you can buy a house, believe it or not, from a hundred and fifty thousand to a million, depending how close you are to the beach. 
it, right. it has this beautiful restaurant called Salt Lake that it's it has open and indoors and you can go like to the site. It's it's fantastic, man. The food, the to me, it's the perfect town for me to go and vacation in. It's got all the ghost rides. They have the the supposedly the fountain of youth was there. Right before you get to the fountain of youth, the original fountain of youth, the historical area where it supposedly was found by Ponce de Leon. There's one road. The, the street is about maybe three or four blocks long. And it has this, they look like weeping willows, the trees, and they cross the road. And when you're walking in there, it looks like you're going to like Lord of the Rings or something like that. For one, you know, five, six hundred or maybe a thousand feet, you drive in the center of that road and it's fascinating. It's a beautiful, beautiful road. I've never seen anything like it in the country. And then you go, of course, the museum that's, you know, I, I paid that seven or eight dollars to get in, whatever it was, or fourteen dollars. And you know, <laughs> there's no fountain of youth in there. All there is <laughs> just a bunch of whatever. But you know, it was a decent thing. But then they have a rip now. The Ripley's believe it or not, building is like it here's the thing people don't understand about St. Augustine. St. Augustine is the first founded city in America. It was a colonized by the Spains, by Spain. And when it was colonized by Spain and stuff, so everything in there is Spanish style. Um, it has the oldest school. The building still stands. And, you know, you could actually see it go inside the building. It has the oldest house, the oldest everything. And then when you go into the actual, um, you know, the castle, it's fascinating because you could see inscribed in the walls, uh, a lot of the conquistadores would write into the walls. And now what makes this castle unique is that it's made of crushed seashell. Okay. So the, the, the walls are like four or five feet thick or even more in some parts, I think. And the cannons are all original and stuff. And when you look at the cannons, it says made 1746 or something like that in Spain, you know. And you can see and read the actual writings on the walls of people that were there hundreds of years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, it, that's interesting. Yeah, it is. Let me tell you. And the best part is, let's say you live in New Jersey like I do. You can drive down there in less than 19 hours. You, it's not that far because it's it's the tip of Florida. Now, you go to Miami, you're going to drive 24 because when it says welcome to Florida, you still got like 490 miles to go, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's because I remember when I first time, I see, I've always been like afraid of flying and stuff. And I drove to Florida a total of 27 times because my, my whole family's in Florida, uh, my parents, my brother, and uh, my, my cousins. So going to Florida, the first time, I'll never forget this. I saw Welcome to Florida. I was all excited, man. I still needed like eight hours to go. <laughs> and I was like, man, wow. But the whole thing is, though, that what's good about St. Augustine is when you go down 95 South and you're going to go to the town, you still got to drive like 10 miles to get to the town because it's right off the highway and it's in the middle of nowhere. It, it, it's got a couple of outdoor malls and stuff like that, but like a major mall like we have in New Jersey where there's one every mile, you got to drive like close to 15, 16 miles to get to the closest mall. Could you, could you imagine 
being down there in the the 16, 1700s with all those, you know, wooden pirate ships Listen, know, docked listen. on the coast or, you know, floating near the let, coast? Let me tell you. Let me tell you this. When you go in St. Augustine, there is in the center of town, in the old St. Augustine, because it's new and old, in the old town, it's about a mile long, maybe a mile and a half, a walkway where people just walk up and down and it's filled with souvenir shops. There's a magic shop, which of course I enjoy. There's shops that sell swords. There's shops that sell hats. You know, shops that sell uh, you know, knights in shining on. Let me tell you, I'm in heaven, bro. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I go there and I just, like for example, my daughter and my son went and they went into this little uh kind of like a coffee shop but it was like a really small old-fashioned looking because all the houses there looked like really old and stuff and it had the cozy feeling to it man i they uh, my daughter bought me this hot chocolate and they gave it to me in a big giant mug it looks like one of those soup mugs where you put soup in it and it had the cream on top you know that after i drank that coffee i almost swallowed the mug bro <laughs> I'm that good, you, huh? it was so good what I regret is that the next day I said I gotta go for a second one and it was like five bucks it wasn't cheap but they were closed <laughs> so I, when I got and I had to leave and I'm like oh my god this is insane but what I gotta tell you though Joe honestly they they make their money mostly on ghost rides there's a ghost ride to the cemetery of the oldest cemetery in the world I mean, the United States, they have the Ripley's, believe it or not, ghost ride. They have they have a ghost ride for almost every part of town. And see, that that would be something that would interest me down there. I I would love to go on on the different ghost rides and not only just to see the the history of of the city, but, you know, it's a ghost ride. I mean, you know, maybe you might see a ghost or some kind of spooky (laughs) specter, you know, somewhere off in the distance. Well, you know, you never know. In the center of town, right across the street from the castle, about a block or two away from there, because it's it's you know it's a really small town. You can I, I I could say you could probably walk the whole damn town in in a, about an hour or less. Um, there's a, a cemetery there, and the tombstones. I'm looking at them. And it was like 1822, 1755. I'm like, what? Oh wow! I, I, I mean, and the tombstones are like you can hardly almost, almost even read the inscription. That's how old they are. But um. I got to tell you, though, it's this is the funny thing. My daughter hated it, man. She goes down there because, of course, my you know, kids never collect what their parents like. My son and me were in heaven. My son loved everything. He's enjoying. My daughter goes down there and we go. And, and the first time we get there, we stay in my uncle's house. And he's got three huge dogs, right? My cousin was actually staying over and they had three huge dogs. So my daughter touches one of the dogs. And she must have touched her eyes, so she winds up getting pink eye, right? So here we are for five days, and she spent three days with pink eye, uh, a major cold. Oh, man. <laughs> she got like the craziest allergy of cold. And so she was suffering from the point we went in to the point where the last words I said to her, she goes to me, I will never, ever go back to that place again with you. <laughs> You know, taking it back to, you know, pirate ships and, you know, treasure and all that. I I, I have to tell you a story. When when I was younger, 
probably about six or seven years old. I my dad had these old encyclopedias on pirates, and I I, I distinctly remember you know Saint Augustine being you know mentioned there you know among some other places, but it was just the artwork and the information was real intriguing. You know, when I was young, I probably didn't really understand much of it, but I, I, I liked seeing the photos and seeing, you know, these pirates on, on some kind of Island or beach, you know, burying treasure X marks the spots and seeing all these pirate ships, you know, out in Bay, which I'm, I'm guessing if you stood on the, the beaches of St. Augustine and, you know, 16, 1700s, all these old style pirate ships would be out there. But anyways, I, you know, that got me thinking when I was, you know, six, seven, eight years old, you know, there could be treasure in my backyard or in the, you know, the little wood, wooded area next to my house. So I, I went out and I, I, my little shovel, you know, little, my parents' little gardening shovel, and I would just go somewhere and start digging and just to (laughs) see if I, you know, I would find the treasure chest and i would dig down you know a few inches nope, no treasure chest there and i'd go somewhere else and keep digging and and no nope, no treasure chest there and you know that that really got me interested in you know the pirate maps and the the pirate ships and that whole uh the whole culture of it, it you know I, I guess through you know watching all these movies you know like pirates of the caribbean and, and all that it really romanticizes the 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 love of, of, of you know the love of uh of adventure and stuff. Right. You, you know, I was going to tell you, Joe, when I was in school, back in grammar school, I was like maybe in the third grade, second grade, that treasure map that I sell on House of the Unusual, I, I saw some kid with it and I was trying to look at the damn treasure map and he wouldn't lend it to me. You know? <laughs> and I always wanted that treasure map. But of course, when you were six, seven, you don't know how to get it. When I finally was able to get it, I was in my 20s, you know? And of course, I've loved it so much that I bought several hundred of them. Um, to me, it was like the ultimate pirate treasure map. But, you know, one thing I was going to say early in the 70s, I used to watch In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy. And one of the things that I, I saw one time is that he had a special on the Oak Island treasure from Nova Scotia. And I fell in love with that Oak Island treasure. And I always wanted to go up there. And the fact that I'm only like six hours away from there, maybe less, always wanted to. And then when the History Channel, had the the episode the curse of oak island i've been following it from season one the reason i'm so attached to it is the fact that it brings back my childhood because i was one of those like rick uh the guy who does that particular show uh the two brothers the Loginas. you know he read that when he was little too you know and 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 i can relate to him because <laughs> i had the same feeling with that treasure thing there and and I always wanted to find treasure and stuff. And it's always, always intrigued me. In fact, when I had my magic shop that I opened up in 1989, I had it for about two, three years, give or take, I think. And one of the things I wanted to do back then, but of course, back in before the Internet, it was kind of hard and stuff. I wanted to start some type of expedition, like in search of Bigfoot or, you know, in search of the Sasquatch. And because I've always been intrigued by that. I've always now. Even though I'm kind of skeptical of the existence of any of that stuff, but it's always been so fun, man. It, you know, I, I grew up building robots. I grew up with uh, trying to make a laser gun, watching Lost in Space. And, and those are the things that bring back our, you know, fan, you know, my memories, my childhood memories that I love today. But 
right now they've they've actually <laughs> made the Oak Island Treasure thing last for almost uh, eight years now, <laughs> eight seasons, which is amazing because they drag it out really good. And and I still say, you know what? I'm going to skip the show. Then I find the and I find myself glued to the television trying to make up the lost episodes, even though they, <laughs> that sometimes you, they're not even showing anything, you know. But um, it it gets it comes back to the fact that you know what, Joe? No matter what you do, we as human beings will always want to remember our childhood. Remember how much fun it was because it's a lot different than today, you know, and, and now with the COVID going on and stuff, uh, a lot of people kind of reminiscing in the past, but even more than before. Well, well now's, a, now's a perfect time, you know, when a lot of people are at home for them to, you know, start using their imagination to start getting, you know, with their kids or their nieces or nephews and start helping them use their imagination to start you know, using stuff around the house to, you know, make, you know, we have Halloween coming up, you know, make a look, grab a balloon and, you know, a garbage bag or something and make a spooky ghost or, you know, grab a a white sheet and poke some holes in it and, you know, put it on them and chase each other around as ghosts, you you know, start using your imagination to, to do stuff. You don't have to always go to a store and, and buy something or, or rely on technology everything around the house, you know, could, could become its own adventure, I guess, you know, it was when I was young and, you know, sometimes, you know, I find myself, myself still doing that, you know, I'd like to, to still do all the, the monster models and everything. And I, you know, looking around them on my, my shelves right now. And, you know, you just kind of use your imagination with them on some, you know, different scenarios and, you know, different storylines. And, you know, that that's kind of what it's all about. And, I think people should start getting back to that a lot more. You know, and and as we close now, you know, I'm going to tell you something very interesting. I was actually thinking about it earlier today. I've always had a habit when Halloween would come, I would go to the stores and I start buying all the Halloween stuff that attracts me. You know, anything that's monster related, robots, (laughs) skeletons that dance. And I was thinking to myself now with the COVID, um, I wonder if, if a lot of the companies are going to try to produce new items. Uh, what I used to do, and I'll tell you a trick I used to do a while back, Joe, I would go to Walmart and I would put on layaway Halloween stuff, you know, and then you had 30 days to pick up and I pick it up 10, 11 days after Halloween and I would get it for 75% off. <laughs> but I guess. Oh, Walmart... definitely. Yeah. I, I, I know that there's a few stores that I already started putting out their Halloween stuff, but I, I usually like, yeah, I, I usually wait till the day after and go, go grab stuff for 50, 75, 80% off yeah, well, and stock it, up for the next year. Yeah. But you see, Walmart got smart to it. They don't let you put a layaway anymore, Halloween stuff. And, you know, uh, but I'll tell you what though, honestly, uh, I wound up getting, they came out with this huge six foot, a couple of years ago, a six foot um, butler, it moved the head. The head looked just like Uncle Fester. And I don't know if you know which I'm talking about. And it would say, good evening. And the head would move to the right and the eyes and all that stuff. They were $99 each. So I put three of them away. layaway. <laughs> I got them for like 15 bucks. <laughs> nice. Not they were like $25 each. And I got them, you know, a couple. I've had them for years. I had one of them, but they look really creepy, man. It's it's like something you put in your living room. They'll say, you go, oh, my God, what's that, you know? Yeah, well, scare you. I, well, I was kind of disappointed a few years ago. Target, 
they had a universal monster line of uh of Halloween items and you know of course when I found out I went there and bought everyone that was available and they were selling out pretty quick. You know, they had a giant mummy's head, they had some little figures of the mummy, Frankenstein monster, creature from the Black Lagoon, and there were some other little Frankenstein uh things where he was by the windmill, you press the button and the windmill goes and you know, a few other different ones. And I, I kept checking, you know, every week and they weren't getting restock or anything. So I, I bought what I could and I figured, okay, you know, the next year, you know, maybe they'll have more of the products or some different ones. And like I said, that was about two or three years ago and they, they still haven't done any more universal monster Halloween items. So I don't know if they just, you know, got the, the rights to it for that year, but it was selling good. I mean, they were sold out of everything. Yeah. So it, it's kind of weird that they wouldn't, you know, renew the license to get it for the, you know, you the know, next year and so on. You know, the the problem with universal stuff, and I'll tell you right now what it is, is when you buy universal monster stuff, the thing that really maintains its value heavy duty are the ones from the 70s and 60s. Um, you'll buy universal monster stuff nowadays and you'll see five years from now, it's kind of still selling at the same price because right. it's so much mass produced. Um I myself did the same thing you did. I actually bought all the stuff in Target. I even opened the credit card because I spent three hundred dollars <laughs> buying all this. I bought the TV set that would, you know, was like a haunted TV set. Right. I the books, and I've been buying and buying. But think about this: when you buy for thirty years, thirty plus years, and you're buying every Halloween, that's you know, that's where right now I'm like, what the hell am I doing with all this stuff, man? Uh, just today, I went to to get a friend who's going to be in a future show. He asked me he wanted a pair of uh, the Aqua Specs that are inside the Mail Order Mysteries book. They were produced by the people that make the, the you know, the X-ray glasses, Transcience Corporation, Harold Van right. And I was kind of sad when I found them because I only, I, I had two copies of them. And I think I sold one for like a hundred and some dollars. And here I am with just one copy left and I promised I'd give it to him. So it doesn't really matter because, you know, they're the aqua specs. They're not the x-ray glasses or the hypno specs. And, you know, he really wanted. So I guess he got them, you know, I'm just going to, well, think- you know, I got a, I got a affinity for the x-ray glasses. <laughs> hey, so- you, you know, you know what? Now coming to think about that, I'm going to have to get to you. One of the originals I found. Uh, today like four or five I mean I have over 20 of them I think and when I'm saying originals are the ones that are they have the the uh, plastic frames uh, not the you see, I, I've been looking on online for some originals and man they're they're tough to find and, and if you do find them people you know want an arm and a leg and you know you're first born for one of them and <laughs> I it's just it's crazy you know what people are charging for, for yeah, well, some of these vintage items well, what what we did here is my man here. He uh, name is Todd. He uh, I think he he sent me today an interesting box, which is really funny though because he bought from me the seven foot ghost a few weeks ago, and it took him a while to get it for some reason, and and it was really really funny because he writes me back and says the ghost is still not here, and then he writes me an email saying what a rip off, you know he says. Just as in the 70s, I order a ghost to scare my family and friends. And instead, I get a balloon, a plastic, and some string, he said. 
What a ripoff. I should call you instead of the house of the unusual, the house of unusable. <laughs> and, and, then, and then he writes in the bottom, I love it and thanks for the memories and all that. And stuff. I, I found the letter so funny. I actually printed it out, you know. And now he had the original hypno coin that was sold by American Circle Corp in the book that I never really actually got as a kid. I, I bought the uh, 25 lessons from them, but not the the hypno coin. Like I, I do sell and reproduce that same pamphlet. But the one that says American Circle meant a little something to me. And there was one on eBay that sold last year for 120 and accidentally I lost it because I, I was in work at the time and I, I missed it by two minutes, which I was so pissed off about it. But anyway, um, he had one and he sent me his copy. He goes, here, this is a gift for you. And when he the box, I haven't opened it yet, but it says to Eddie Guevara, uh, care of the house of the unusable. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, that, that was hilarious, you know. And uh, I know in there he has the thing. So that's why I said he's going to get the glasses. Because growing up, I saw the glasses in Johnson Smith catalog. Of course, they were there all the time. And they show a guy in a fishing boat looking into the water. And they are made by the same people that make the extra glasses, Transcience. But to be honest with you, I really didn't care for them. Because I, I got them when I bought my magic shop by accident. I bought them. And they're carded. Uh, it's not something I care for, to be honest with you. So I'm going to let him have it. And, and he's going to be super happy when he gets it. I also found a couple of uh, very interesting stuff. I found an original electric shocking book. Um, it shows, uh, as I tell to you one time, I had a, a major fire that destroyed three storage facilities or three storage bins that I had filled with collectibles. And this book is kind of like survived that fire and it has some little bit of water stain on top, but it still holds its beautiful artwork. And, and that's what makes the packaging on that, you know. Um, I also found something that was really fascinating. I found my original HypnoCoin. And I'm going to send you a photo of this, uh, Joe, because it, it's going to blow you away because it's actually different from all the HypnoCoins I've ever seen. Including, oh really? Yeah, it's, it's different. And I I showed Todd a picture. And he's like, oh, and I said, Todd, this is the one I bought as a kid. I actually opened up a box today that I did videotape for a couple of seconds to put it on YouTube. How I opened it, but um, this box I haven't opened for like probably 35, 40 years. And and it was interesting because it said old jokes, and that's where the glasses were. And and I I figured that, but. Then I, I realized that the second pair that I had, I think I sold on eBay way back for like a hundred and some dollars, like way back. Um, and I stayed with the one pair and sold the second. Unless it's going to surprise you, going to be somewhere else, but I doubt it because I kept them together, you know. Um, so that's it. So, you know, Joe, in concluding, we have a, about three minutes four minutes left um what else you want to add to the show well you know we we covered a variety of topics today going from from dc comics to you know pirates down in in, in saint augustine and, and different movies and mail order items and you know one of the the takeaways from you know this conversation is that that i i really you know took to heart was you know talking about dc and how the print medium is really going the way of digital 
And, you know, it kind of makes me wonder how that's going to affect the companies. Well, you know, the the comic book shops and the collectability of we'll, older comic books. We'll need to see that. We'll need to see that. But I'm, I'm going to tell you one thing, though. Uh, one thing I want to mention right now before we close is that the next show we have, it's going, we're going to try to probably do a live Zoom podcast. It's going to still be available in the podcast, but it's also going to be available on YouTube. as, a, And we're going to have Todd on. And I, I think it's going to be the best podcast ever, man. I mean, yeah, it, I definitely want to hear his story about the yeah. house of the unusable. Uh, yeah, he, this, when he received his ghost. Yeah, no, this, this honestly, that's going to be the number one. I, I really feel that that's going to have a good audience. And then, you know, I want to see if I can have Miss Laura Legends from Laura Legends uh, YouTube channel. Uh, to maybe appear in our show or through podcasts and stuff because she I'm 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 just very intrigued by how a young girl of this generation can be such a great collector and she reviews toys and and she has a pretty big following I mean she's f- phenomenal she's f- fantastic she's a gem for the collectors today and um you know I wanted to interview her so having said that Joe listen um uh, I want to thank you uh and I guess both of us, uh, we're here. And uh, until next time, Joe. Well, everybody out in podcast land, you know, stay tuned. We got some exciting guests coming up. So take it easy, everyone. Good night. Good night.